Berserk, you bastards! <laughs> Back to the nether with you! <laughs> oh, shove it up your blowhole, you scurvy son of a... Paige, pirates really don't talk like that. I don't care. Let me live out my dreams, Hattie. Here she goes again. Here I go. What now, Edgar? Nothing! Stop pointing your ray gun at me! Would you three stop being a bunch of twits and take out more of these blooming bastards? Aye aye, Captain! Oh, look who's talking like a pirate now, Hattie. Rex! Oh, my little darling, look at him go. Is he, <laughs> Is he eating that guy? He's hungry. You leave him well enough alone. <gasps> it's so Actually, I think we all fared okay. Even though Hattie is still missing an arm and Ernest is still missing an eye. Oh, and Lonnie's been knocked out. But we're, we're all fairly okay. Let me explain to you what happened. When Edgar, Rix, and I returned from our visit to Grandfather's grave, the Royal Grace was up in smoke. There were cannon fires and gunshots all around. Jonathan seemed to have recruited what men he could salvage and came on a surprise attack. They had the crew surrounded. We lost a few good shipmates, but no one I got the pleasure of knowing. The Overtons lost so much more. We took out most of their men, and the rest went rushing back into the jungles of Flora. During the fight, as I'm sure you picked up, Lonnie was being taken down. It looked like Jonathan wanted to settle the score. It took five men to hold her restrained. When Hattie saw she was being captured, even though she was missing an arm, she rushed forward to rescue her. Between you and I, Audio Diary, I think Miss Wells has it very bad for the lovely Lonnie. Oh, I do hope they get together. I guess you could say I ship it. <laughs> oh, um, anyways. But that wasn't the only interesting thing. Edgar also rushed to their aid. Together, he and Hattie saved Lonnie. But by then, she was already out for the count. It appears they only succeeded in drugging her, which means that Jonathan wanted her alive, but now he'll never get her. I had to save poor little Ernest, but he's okay. A few scratches and bruises, but nothing more. Well, okay, mentally? He's pretty shaken, but Rix has been snuggling him since, so I'm sure he'll be okay soon enough. Rix really enjoys that boy's company, I've never seen him warm up to anyone other than me like that before. Oh, audio diary, I was so proud of Edgar in that moment. I don't think he's really forgiven his father yet, but I think he couldn't live with himself letting something happen to his sister, and I think he acknowledges her as such. Oh, I really hope he does. I know he eventually will. He's handsome and all, but I know that he's not shallow. I know he'll do the right thing. And in the meantime, we don't know what Lonnie was drugged with, but hopefully she wakes up soon. Back to the story. After I saved Ernest and got him to safety inside the ship, I sort of locked him in my closet until it was all over. Gosh, do I always have to save all the Cadwell boys? 
Thank the gods Lonnie can protect herself. When I got back outside, Clint was on the deck, taking care of some of the Overton's men. I helped him for a while, but Clint was positively frantic. Where's Alex? He was screaming. I've never heard Clint so vocal before. The two of us made our way through the thinning crowd, trying to find Alex. Now listen to me, Audio Diary. It is not safe to have a war in the jungles of Flora. As you may recall, when Alex came to save us, we didn't want there to be any loud noises out of fear that we would attract wildlife. So you can only imagine what an entire war would do. Already many species of logs, cats, boars, wolves, birds, and reptiles had made their way to the scene. Once you've seen a fire-breathing turtle eating a man's arm, well, I don't think you'll ever quite get over it. But at least they were helping us win the war. Sort of. Some of our own were eaten as well. Which meant it was imperative that Clint and I find Alex and get the hell out of there. We rushed past Edgar and Hattie as they carried a sleeping Lonnie, and Clint said... Clint. He told Hattie that if we didn't make it back, that she should fly away without us. Well, Audio Diary, I... I truly don't know how to feel about that. You know, I wouldn't be scared to be left on Flora exactly. But, you know, I don't feel like being trapped on a planet with an old crush and their boyfriend. But then it hit me that he didn't mean that we would be stuck on Flora, but rather that we would die in the process of trying to help Alex. And while my romantic feelings for Alex have dulled, I, well, I would still save their lives no matter what. I took hold of Clint and the two of us flew into the jungles of Flora. Not far outside the camp, we found a small craft and outside it stood Alex and Jonathan, a woman lying between them. We landed and appeared out of the jungle. Alex was beaten and bloody and sobbing over, over Abitha. But it was clear she was, audio diary, Abitha had long since been dead, but, um, Clint was at their side in a second. I told Jonathan, who was still bandaged up from Lonnie's attack, that it was all over now. I didn't know what had happened between Alex and Jonathan. I don't know if I want to, but it was clear that Alex had lost. Jonathan was laughing, but I wasn't sure why. It was clearly three against two, even if one was severely injured. We'd come to the rescue, hadn't we? But I was wrong, so very, very wrong. From out of the shadows came a stomping, large machine, and through its translucent upper window, I could see the man controlling it. Lewis, that little creepy son of a weasel. Oh, I was so angry. I told Clint to get Alex and Abitha out of there, away from the duel that was about to ensue. Oh, audio diary, I dueled that stupid cow right there until the very end. Clint told me he would come back when he'd gotten the two to safety, but 
he wouldn't get back in time to assist me. I would win this, and I would win it by myself. At first I thought I would lose. The robotic machine was as tall as the trees, and its grip could crush a trunk in one go. Trust me, I saw it happen. I swore quite a bit too. Can you blame me? Lewis is one ripe bastard. I used Angelic's and luckily its speed was far too much for Lewis's clumsy robot. I heard Jonathan laughing somewhere away from the battle. Just far enough that he could view what he thought would be the scene of my death. But lucky me, because I clearly did not die. I almost did. And that smug laugh of Mr. Overton. Oh, that didn't last long either. I flew through the skies at quite a pace. Granted, it wasn't as fast as I would like Angelics to be. And remember that its new feature slowed it down a bit. But that stupid robot did not have the engineering skills that I do. And so I swooped around it, probably playing with my food longer than I should have. <laughs> and then I flew right between its clumsy legs. Lewis, being the dumb dog that he is, tried to grab me as I dodged right and came at him. But he realized too late that his weight was off balance. That stupid husband clearly didn't know how to operate that thing and fell right into the ground. Uh, robot face first? Anyway, the screen shattered and I saw that he was clearly injured. He was screaming that his leg was broken. I landed and hit him with the butt of my ray gun to shut him up. Out like a light he was. And then I turned my attention to the sneering Jonathan Overton. He knew he had been beaten. He just didn't want to admit it. I love that look of displeasure in his eyes. I pointed my ray gun at him and demanded to know what he knew of my mother's. Sarah and Alma, he asked. I only know that they were pains in my ass, and it looks like the apple doesn't fall far from the rotten tree. I shot him right in the leg for that insult. As he howled in pain, I told him, Tell me what you know before I end you. That's when he started laughing again. He said he knew I wouldn't kill him. Sarah was no killer, and as hard as Alma came off, neither was she. That was how Jonathan had gotten to live for so long. I told him, perhaps I will finish what they started. He seemed scared when I said that. He told me he didn't know my mother's that well. Only that they got in the way of the aristocrats' plans countless times. And that was all. And he said he hadn't heard from them for a long time after they'd hid in the Capella system. When that was all he swore he knew, I held up my gun ready to shoot, but... But I couldn't. Sure, I'd shot people before, but... I hadn't shot to kill. I usually only shoot to injure, and then Ricks would eat them. So, accessory to murder isn't so bad. And besides, killing to save your life is one thing, but... This was so different. Here was an injured man in front of me, and I didn't know if I had it in me. He smirked at me, but both our eyes grew wide as a shot was heard, as a bullet from a revolver went 
right through his heart. I turned around to see Alex on Clint's shoulder, panting as they went. They were bloody and tired, but I could tell that they were relieved. For Abby, they said as they passed out. Clint looked at me with proud eyes. He nodded to me, which I think means good job in his own strange communication. And then I looked over to where I'd expected to see a knocked out Lewis, but the little weasel was gone. We still don't know if he woke up and snuck away or if wildlife had taken him for a meal. Either way, I hope he's gone. I thought he was once before, but clearly the little roach is a roach. But for now, we've taken out the Darlings and the Overtons, at least the head of the Overtons, though Clint thinks we won't be seeing them for a while. And now it's on to the next aristocratic family. We were lucky Hattie hadn't left just yet. The ship was waiting for us when we got back, and now we're just waiting to take off. Oh, audio diary, I'm far too tired to keep talking. I need a break. I think I'll sleep for a while. Tomorrow, Alex is holding a funeral for their sister, and I will need to be ready. So for now... episode of Bosch and Brave was brought to you by Blackmore Productions, written and produced by Ashley Glenn. Paige Hopkinson was voiced by Clover Grayson. Hattie Wells was voiced by Becca Davila. Captain Alex Stranwood was voiced by Adam Barba. And Edgar Cadwell was voiced by Ryan Hardy. Like what we do here? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to find more of our shows, you can find us on YouTube, iTunes, and our website at blackmoreproductions.com. Blackmore Productions. Swim against the current.